this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back to Action Movie Anatomy here on the Popcorn Talk Network. We're talking about one that you guys have been clamoring for for damn near two years. It's the Raid Redemption. Wait, wait, wait for it, guys. Some of the sweetest fights you've ever seen on camera. This episode is going to be freaking nuts. Hang out with us, guys. We'll see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Yes, we're back. We're back. Oh, my God. Oh, it feels so good. Forgot how good it feels to still be dragged. (laughs) (laughs) That's Will Smith, damn it. We're here, and we're talking one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, this is a special one. uh, You guys have been asking us to do the raid for, I can't even tell you how long. Uh, I feel like this has been going on since the first episode of our show. Yeah, and I feel like I've been one of the people fighting for it since the first episode of our show. And... I successfully avoided watching it for two years. You did. I just never, ever watched the movie. I It's one of those things where it was a combination of two things. It was A, you know how like, your buddy asks you to do something once. You're like, yeah, we'll get to it. And you, you believe you're going to. Yeah. Second time, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it. Third time, you're like, okay, I'll watch it. But now you like don't watch Listen, it anymore. Jake, you need to drop it. Yeah. yeah. And by the fourth or fifth time, you're like, I'm not going to watch the movie. I'm not going to watch it, okay? It's like me with Michael Clayton. Yeah. It's a really good film. I know, Ben. I'm watching it. You, you know this part? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm turning it off. Yeah. And uh, eventually that happened. So finally actually watching it for the show was the first time I had ever watched it. And also because uh, so many times over the last six months of their schedules getting the way they've been, we, we haven't gotten to watch the movies together. No. And this and, is one that we really, yeah. really wanted to watch together. Certain movies, it's very important to watch together. Ones mm-hmm. that one of us has never seen before. Uh, that's like how it was with The Patriot. I had to watch that with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of those movies, it really makes a huge difference. And this is one that I was not going to miss. So, you know, we, we cranked it up to 11. We drank some scotch. We drank a lot and, of scotch. <laughs> and we watched The Raid. Yeah, this movie was sweet. Yeah. So I was going to say, how did you feel about watching it the first time? Oh, my God. There's there's a lot of like, oh, yeah. in it. Which, you know, that's, that's pretty much all fist pumps. Yeah, that's what you want out of a martial arts movies. Seeing something new, you're like, "Jeez, oh my god, that's so." It was pretty. Fa- it was pretty fascinating to me how clearly referential modern action movies have been to this movie already. Yeah, like this is a this was a big one. This was, and you hear about this movie all the time. But it's also one of those things where, like, this is a foreign film that made less than five million dollars. So clearly, there is something going on here. Yeah. This has become a cult classic in a way that like action movie directors now guarantee they've all watched this movie. Oh, no, for sure. And uh and and Gareth Evans, is that his yep. name? Yeah. Um uh, someone in the chat was already mentioning that someone needs to swoop him up for an American action movie like a massive block like John Wick 3 yeah, or something exactly. and he yep. would just 
crush it. Yeah, that may or may not relate to my thesis statement. Oh, all right, all right. Um, well, let's move along. So, guys, <laughs> welcome to the show. We talk action movies here on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking bucketfuls of pop culture and just pop culture. This is Action Movie Anatomy, and the movies we talk about here adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Uh, No. No. He doesn't, really. He's a cop. He He follows the rules, somebody else's rules. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has his moments of, like, helping out the guy that lives there and, you know, hiding. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he doesn't. He, right. He doesn't. What, what just happened? What did you just do? I was just turning my volume up. Are you still good? Something just happened to my ears. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Are you okay? I'm deaf in one of them, but I can still upset? hear you. Are you upset? I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, too bad. <laughs> we don't know how to fix it. Uh, all right. So he, he doesn't really play by his own rules. Yes. He, yeah, he's very much, uh, he's a cop. But he's, he's a cop, and you can't. But once he starts playing by his own rules, he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like once he's off on his own, yeah, and he's not—it's not really a team anymore because right. they're not really a team. Like they get sent in, they get picked off immediately, and then you find out that this is like a suicide mission. Um, so yeah, he he ends up playing by his own rules, if you yeah. will. The hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Rule number two: He's the smartest guy in the room, the le- the hero. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and and if you have to pick a villain, you definitely pick the main bad guy. Yeah. And he's the he's the smartest guy. He knows what's going on. He's, Absolutely, he knows who's attacking him. He's like yeah, he's he knows why. Wonderful. He knows exactly yeah. what's going to happen. He knows about all the corruption. So he's he's just like sitting pretty. I thought it was really interesting how uh, early. Well, we'll get to it. But I thought it was early early on how they explained that there's a there's like a figurehead and a mad dog. Yeah. And they don't actually make it clear which is which right away. Yeah. And I was going to talk about that because I've seen this movie so many times over the last five years, six, seven, I guess six years now. Um, that when you mentioned that when we were watching it, I was like, huh, I never thought about that. Because you think that his brother might be the mad dog because you see him first, like, stab those guys in the elevator. Well, he also stormed. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Comes in and he's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and you're like, "You're like, is that is that Stringer Bell? Is that a guy that's like trying to keep shit organized? Right? Or is that a guy who's like pissed and he's a hothead? Yeah, because the other guy looks like." kind of wise he's got the longer hair yeah, and he's like uh, we've got it under control calm down like, he doesn't really even say much yeah but he's clearly the mad dog in the end oh absolutely so rule number three the movie is driven by a police military or political figure there we go or mercenary mm-hmm. uh, as they could be the man work for the man anyway um and rule number four the movie contains a minimum of one explosion definitely there's a sweet explosion this yeah it's a great a, one awesome explosion yeah i think and that was another one of those things this is going to relate to my thesis about foreign films and like do, would you have reached under the sink to grab a tank? No. Filled? Of course not, because that's not what happens in America. Right. That's not what it's like here. Yeah. But um, in that movie, it's like, well, of course that's what they do. He, he opens the thing and rips it out like second nature. He, like, knows it's there. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that was interesting. For sure. So those are the four rules we try to follow, guys. Aside from movies being made after 1981, which only sometimes we follow, um, that's kind of what we stick to. And this movie is pretty, pretty damn close. So... Guys, before we fully get into the episode, as we discuss action movies on the show, and we are going to discuss the shit out of this one, we should let you all know, this is episode 99. Oh my god. This is the 99th episode, guys. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, this is top of the ninth right now. And... <laughs> 
It was a baseball it's a good analogy. Reference. It's a good <laughs> reference. Two points, Schmitty. Still a Two game. Two points, still a game. Uh, and uh, we have the 100th episode coming up next week. So there's a few things that I want to talk about. Uh, you guys know, because we've talked about it, mm-hmm. the 100th episode is going to be the film Heat. Yes. One of our favorites of all time. One of the greatest action films. One of the greatest films of all time. Heat, a movie that I can't fucking wait to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, and, and Heat is going to be... Okay, This i gotta, I got to just take this thing off here. It's driving me crazy. Um, Heat is, for me, kind of like... Last Samurai, or no, uh, The Patriot. Yeah, right. And 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 this movie for you because I haven't really seen Heat other than like on cable like yeah. ten years ago, yep. fifteen years ago. I don't really remember it. Oh, and I know so about good. the car chase and the shootout and like yeah. all these things that I just cannot wait to watch and it, talk about. It's pretty special, man. It's like it, it really, it is really everything that we want out of a movie like that, out of a out of a, like a high stakes heist movie. Mm-hmm. And you'll remember the thing that you're going to find so familiar about Heat that's so cool is the heavy heavy reference from the dark knight which is okay which is the that's the the ultimate credit is that i was actually at a uh, 25th anniversary screening of heat with michael mann like three weeks ago two weeks ago and christian bale was there right which okay. is because he's a huge fan obviously and there was the relationship between heat and the dark knight is very close you'll you'll see it when you watch it like that opening bank robbery in dark knight mm-hmm. takes a lot from heat i'm so bummed that you didn't get to ask your question because you had such a brilliant question to I ask know, and uh, dickheads yeah, yeah we'll, so we'll, the, the, <laughs> yeah we'll get there but the, yeah all right we'll, we'll, we'll get there <laughs> we'll but save it for we'll next save week, it for next week. Yeah. it seems more appropriate so that's gonna be the hundredth <laughs> episode guys and then i uh, will plug this again at the end of the episode just in case you get in late but because it's the 100th episode, we're going to be doing an entire smorgasbord of special oh content. God. And we've been in like we've been so busy with our lives that we've we've been really kind of <laughs> scraping together time to do this. We've got we've got awards, guys. Yeah, we're we, we've got awards for categories like best director, best actor, MVP, comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, things like this. You guys need to put in your votes. You guys need to think yeah. about, you know, you guys can have your own little list at home. We'll release the actual Categories. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take fan polls and then we're gonna contrast that against our opinions and we're gonna award these awards. We're gonna be announcing it. So we've things- already we've already made our awards though, right? Yeah. Well, we've we've uh, awarded the nominees, and we have our our, our eyes on who like we think should win. Ninety percent who were, sh- yeah. I won't rule out that we could get overruled if Completely. like several hundred of the fans think that one of our choices is dead. Or wrong. even if one fan has an incredible argument. Yeah, true. You know, true, absolutely. So that's uh, we we have five days of content, guys. So yeah. next week, the things to look forward to before we fully dive into the raid. Number one, we're going to be doing a live watch-along of Warrior. We're going to drink a lot during it. Next Monday. Uh, and I think, I'm not 100% on the time, it's either going to be 1 p.m. or 3 p.m. Yeah, but we, if you time. follow us on Twitter, at Ben Bateman Media, at Andrew Guy, and mm-hmm. at AMA Podcast, you'll know. Uh, just stay up to date with that. And then, of course, you can go find, we have a fan page now on Facebook, the Action Movie Down fan page. Yeah, you guys got to find that. It's it's we, We're posting there all the time. It's a lot of ongoing discussion. For some reason, I don't know why, it's just easier to have longer. I mean, I know that there's no character count, yeah. word count, but it's just easier to have longer longer discussions on there and we have fans and and you and my and myself are posting on there all the time yep so that's uh that's monday then then tuesday you guys are going to get to watch the 10 rules of ama which is going to be 10 special rules that have been derived from 100 episodes of the show yep. some just some of the things that we've come up with over all the conversations that the hundreds and hundreds of hours we've talked uh and these are literal these are literal rules set in stone that are they're not debatable anymore now they put so much time into solidifying these rules uh wednesday we're going to be doing heat Thursday and Friday are going to be doing the 100 films backwards. We're going to be counting them down, a collective ranking in order of greatest. Not favorite, but the greatest 100 movies. And this is collective, so Ben and I might kill (laughs) kill each other, but we're going to do our best to make it. And every single 10, we're going to give you guys one award, which will end presumably in like 
best movie or some one of the biggest awards yeah. at the very end, just like the Oscars, because yep. this is the Oscars. That's right. And uh, we're going to split that over. more important than the Oscars. Thursday will be part one. Friday will be part two. So, guys, stay abreast. Stay with us, what we're doing. You're going to get a whole week's worth of content, AMA. If you stuck with us for 100 episodes, we're going to give you five extra days worth of content, uh, and it's going to be freaking awesome. So that's what we're doing, and uh, I suggest we get into the raid. Yeah, let's talk about the movie that we're doing on the show. Yeah, let's watch the trailer. <laughs> Where people are like, shut up! No, no, everyone's <laughs> stoked on heat. Unsurprising that there's no lines at all in the trailer, because yeah. the movie can pretty much have no dialogue. Yeah, it doesn't need any dialogue, really. He uses, like, a couple choice moments to just quickly establish what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Aside from that, there's like literally one, there's literally one scene. Yeah. Yeah, right. I remember you and I were like, oh, there's the scene of the movie. When he was talking to his brother, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty effective trailer because like, yeah. I would find myself intrigued. I would just be like, wow, that's so savage. Yeah, I remember watching this trailer um, before the movie came out. I was just like, oh my God, this looks insane. It looks like non Non-stop adrenaline thrill ride. Non-stop adrenaline thrill ride. And and the other thing too is like you don't need a story. There's no story. You've got figured it out already just by watching this. Cops are trying to take over those people. Action. Just straight action and so cheap and yes, here we go. Rangers fans got three fist pumps now. Yeah. Um yeah, the original hallway scenes are daredevil, but you guys gotta go watch the original old boy. That's where that real fight scene is from. Ben mentioned it as well. The the side scrolling hallway scene is from the original old boy and it is insanely good. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <clears throat> I uh you and I watched that scene just recently together. Um, so, yeah, guys, that's the that's the trailer for The Raid, and I think we now are going to get into the first section of the show, which is thesis statement. This is that moment where you're talking about something in a movie, and uh, it's kind of that thing that you say at a party that you're going to defend all throughout the party, and it's it should be rooted in hyperbole, a fact, the greatest this, the best this, the only this, the first this. Right. Um, it should never be soft or loose, and... Uh, I think you kind of alluded to mine a little bit earlier. Yeah, I want to hear you jump into it. And it's because I was thinking, I don't know that much about foreign films. I mean, yeah. I know some of the famous foreign films. You know, there are there are a certain number of foreign films that break through. For instance, like yeah. The Intouchables. Uh, Richard Eric Jarvie called in my anchor station actually to talk about that as his 45th favorite film. Because oh, I've been really? counting backwards. So yeah, yeah, yeah. mine was American Psycho I talked about yesterday. He called in with The Intouchables, which was his. And it's a great movie. It's a French movie. I saw it in theaters. You know, uh, City of God. Yeah, there, I was going to say City of God. The live, isn't The Lives of Others? Is that the, the, think, listen, the like yeah. German one? Yeah. And so there there are foreign films in this day and age that do break through, and then there's classics. But for the most part, this genre, fighting movies, like foreign action, it's mm-hmm. not something that you and I are, like, experts on by any means. Yeah, I mean, there was there was that stretch there of, like, the Tony Jaa and Donnie Yen with Ip Man and Ong Bak. Yeah. But, like, uh, it just, it kind of came and went. You know, like, we, now, I mean, and you've seen what's happened to Tony Jaa and Donnie Yen's careers with Star Wars and Fast and Furious. Yep. Like, and it's the same thing with these guys. They take these movies from their home countries and use them as, like, launching pads. Yep. But um, you and I are, are, are not 
experts on this. No. By any means. Which is interesting because I think the idea of an action movie show, this would be like a heart and soul kind of movie. And the genre would be a lot more heart and soul. Um, We focus, we tend to focus on the drama more than the action in these movies. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's funny that um, someone asked me on Twitter the other day, like, who my favorite action heroes were growing up. And I realized that I was just a huge martial arts movie fan growing up. That's, like, almost all I watched. And, And I was telling you, my mom used to let me watch R-rated martial arts films, but not R-rated other films, because she felt that, like, you know, R-rated American films were, like, you know, boobs and drinking and drugs and, like, a lot more gory and were, like, you know, martial arts films growing up were just, like, violent. Right. Which I don't know why she thought that was, like, a good trade-off, but it's so crazy how I've just completely fallen out of the loop with, like, martial arts in general and film. I mean, yeah, it's... Martial arts, like in general, in film, like the we the, the big ones when we were kids were Jackie Chan. He was the yeah. he was the guy when we were a kid. He was amazing. Yeah, you know? and it kind of just yeah, it just sort of shifted. Yeah, it goes just generational, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. So my my thesis statement is that Gareth Evans is the most overlooked foreign action director working, um, and that's the reason I say it is because I watching this movie, it was very very clear to me the pace, the style, the movement. This is like what John Wick is. This is basically like what they were able to do. Is they were able to say, okay, we want to make something, and it looks to be the same thing that Atomic Blonde is going to be. Um, we they were able to take something that was just like, wow, this is so raw and visceral. It's nothing like the '90s. I punched you, you punched me back stuff right. that we were so used to watching growing up. It's just it's very intricate. It's extremely well choreographed. Even going back to like Taken, which is a which is an instrumental film in the genre, it's just different. It's like this is so precise mm-hmm. and this movie clearly it gets referenced so often and it's recent enough that and he is in line to the next film he's working on is a, is a film called oh uh, uh, someone mentioned it i think it's called apostle yeah and it's going to be starring dan stevens yeah or, dan yeah. stevens and michael sheen so he is going to be working on an american film i don't know if that's an action movie or if it's a drama with action in it mm-hmm. but in terms of his understanding of martial arts and how to put an action piece together i mean this guy is pretty much a genius and and you yeah. You can see, like you said, with Tony Jaa and Donnie Yen being adopted into these big franchises, that's what happens. So this guy mm-hmm. should be directing something already. Absolutely. Um, should be directing something big and action-filled, and I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a, another working director that's I just don't know about. Yeah, but I feel like very possible when they us. make an impact like this, when you make a movie that's this impactful in America... Yeah, that made that little money and has been talked about for that long still. Like, six years later, like, our, you know, chat's blowing up. Anytime you talk about The Raid, people are like, oh, my God, The Raid. Well, that's the crazy thing, too, and that's the reason I said it, is that 2011, it's not like he made a movie in 2014 mm-hmm. and we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. He made this and then a sequel, and then there was a third one in production. Right. So the fact that he still hasn't made a big American blockbuster movie is astounding. Mm-hmm. And he And he wanted to make... He actually wanted to, and I'm wondering if that's why the whole titles things were so weird, because this was originally called The Raid, and it was called The Raid Redemption, and there's The Raid 2, which I thought was, you know, it was... I actually wrote it in here. It's, uh, the, the reason that it happened that way was because they, Sony couldn't, uh, they couldn't get the rights to the name The Raid. So okay. they had to rename it for the American release. Okay, because he originally wanted to make The Raid 2 as his movie. Gotcha. Like a, a prison drama. And um and he wasn't able to do that because of budgetary concerns and other other things. So he's like, all right, I'll make it in one location for five million dollars or whatever, or one million dollars. Yeah. And um and then he got enough money to make the second one. Gotcha. So my thesis, and it, again, this is guys, I've been gone for a month. You know, give me a break. <laughs> uh, I don't really know how to put it into words, but I think with this, I've been drinking for I've three been days drinking straight. for three days straight. <laughs> um, I think with. The movies we were just talking about, Ong Bak and um, uh, Ip Man, and this movie, there's something about foreign films and martial arts 
that I think in order to make a great martial arts film, it's got to be foreign. Think about the movies that have come out, like the big, big martial arts films that have come out over the last 20 years. Like, you know, you'll get things like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon will pop in your head. Yeah, and right. all these movies and The Raid. And like, I'm sure there's other ones in there that I've missed. But I think the reason why is when you watch a martial arts movie, it's so raw. Yeah. And it's so broken down to its basic level. And then you put it in a different world like Indonesia. And you and I don't have any reference points for making something real or not. For, for judging it. Right. For, for putting it like, well, why don't they use these guns? Or why aren't they doing sure. this? Or this doesn't make sense. Or that doesn't work like that. You're just in their world. Right. And I think that's why all these great martial arts films have to take place in a different world. Sure. It can't be in America. Because as Americans, we're just like, nah, the alarm would go off. Cops would come. That guy would have a machine gun. This guy would do this. Yeah. This guy wouldn't know martial arts. So I think in order to make great, great martial arts movies... We need to be disconnected as Americans. Question for you. Huh. Is Warrior a martial arts movie? <sighs> Shit. <laughs> I mean... Because I know what you're saying, and yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, in terms of where the focus of the film is really on the martial arts, that's right. what the movie's about. Uh, I think you're right. I think the focus on that movie is kind of on the martial arts, because it's pretty accurate, but it's really more of a drama. It's more about the, the brother relationship. And also, you've got to remember that mixed martial arts... Um, that's still through the filter of America. Yeah. Is that type of fighting. You know, like, mixed martial arts and cage match in UFC is a very Americanized way of... I mean, like, right. if you look, we're not talking blood sport here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, it's... Uh, that, that's an interesting question. I think that that's a good question, but I do think, like you said, that movie's a drama that's about, like, two Fully. brothers. I, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would say that it is a... It's not a martial arts film. It's a film right. that in, that it's a drama about martial artists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true or not. And, and honestly, if you guys have great movies that are American martial arts films, then throw them in here. What's the most classic American martial arts movie? I wonder. I mean, it's tough because they're they're like Bruce Lee movies. It's like Enter the Dragon. Sure. You know, like things like that. And that those are like only American because they got to hold them as a property. And we're like, we need to make these American movies. Yeah. And it's still kind of based in a world that right. isn't American. Totally. You know, so. Yeah. And guys, if you kickboxer, the transporter. Um, those are yeah, like. Yeah, but those are, you know, those aren't movies that you're going to talk about in 20 years. And be like, God, the transporter is one of the great American martial arts movies. Yeah. That, I don't even think you of the transporter as a, as a martial arts no. movie. I think it was an action movie. Um, Haywire. Yeah, so if you guys think, I mean, please, th th throw some in the live chat. Help us uh, help us think, because, again, Ben and I, are we're not experts on martial arts film. We just think that this movie's fucking sweet. We just think it's awesome. <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to the... Oh, well, we'll save it. We'll save it for after. Yeah, we're going to move on to Fist Bump Moment. Okay. So, guys, uh, this is that moment in the movie. Something happens, and you just look at your, you look around, and you're like, are you seeing this right now? This is so fucking awesome. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. Oh, you see that? There, there's a lot of those. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Like the the knife in oh, the top of the god and pulling it down. Yeah. Oh. So there's a lot in this movie. This this is like a movie built for fist pump moments. It's yeah. almost as if they're using their fists. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> uh, do you want to go in with yours, or should I mention some of the audience ones? Yeah. Well, you literally just said mine. The knife into the quad. That's yours? And the pull-through. That's your fist pump. Yeah, I mean, we should have the scene. We can cue the scene right now. Let's watch the scene. Yeah. This is the first time that you see Rama in all of his glory. I, it's that one or it's the head smashing. But they're both... Both the of my two are so in this good. scene. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time that you see... I mean, you saw him training in the morning. Yeah. You're like, that guy's fast. Yeah. He gets up early. Always <laughs> oh, work. 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> 
And then the asshole guy who kind of repeats himself. No, no. It's quite dark, I can't really see it. Good thing I can understand what they're saying. He kind of has a second one of those a little later in the scene, yeah. too. It's like in the side of the knee. It's more of the knee, yeah. Also, and then that straight just like punched him through with a knife. The way that he like turns, and every time he's like, he like spins and slashes like back of neck or throat oh, as yeah. he's spinning. So savage. And it's like everything he does, like something tearing every time. Oh. Like he's tearing something. Oh. It's one thing about this fight that I think is so cool that I like so much is that it's not just like. It's a lot less of like what that fight later happens when he's just like punching people and they fall over and get back up. Right. It's a lot more like I'm punching you with a fucking knife. Yeah. You're not getting up. You're not getting up. You're done. And I also love like how, again, with like great martial arts films, they do such a good job of multiple people attacking you at once yeah. and it looks yeah. weird. Whereas like even if you go back and you watch. Uh, Batman vs Superman, yeah, and like the scene of Batman fighting all those guys, it's like they come one at a time, right? It's you know, yeah. This is sweet too, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like you think I can't had to do it? You think I can't fuck you up? <laughs> Stupid! <laughs> I, I am so angry, it's so savage. They just show up, go like seven times. Yeah, that guy's awesome. He totally redeems himself. He's kind of a cock in the beginning. Oh, totally. Oh. Yeah, this is just seats. And then. Oh. And this one's sweet. Right? Yeah, this guy. Yeah. The guy in the red with the dead face is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, this right here, right? Yeah. He's like. Yeah, that right there. It's like eight times. Yeah. Smash, 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 smash. That's like some basketball skills. Oh, uh, that's probably yeah. my other. Those are, I think those are my two fist bumps, and they both come in this scene. All right, Marissa, thank you so much for that. Oh, yeah, Marissa Serafini up in the booth. She's back. We're back. And we're, we're back, back with Marissa. It's exciting to have you back, Marissa. Um, have you seen this movie, Marissa? Oh, you were you it. like, did you just watch that scene and just be like, oh, my God. It's, it's awesome. I do love martial arts films as well. So. Savage. Oh, yeah. If you love martial arts, you've got to watch this. Oh, Crazy scene, uh, yeah. That those I think those are literally my two fist bump moments are are the uh, the head smash and the knee and the knee rip. Uh huh. Something about the knife going into the leg, and you oh. think about the, the like the muscle. Oh, and this and, like and just like you're never gonna walk again. You're never, never. Yeah. That leg is useless. Every muscle in that top half of your leg is gone, shredded. Oh. And that's the other thing too is like you don't got to kill a guy. You just got to make him completely. You, which I also love later when he's fighting uh, the rival gang with the machetes. Yeah. There's a moment when he's got they've grabbed him by the leg and you hear the guy go take the leg take the leg, and it's just like you will do anything you need to win. Yeah, it's like if this guy doesn't have a leg, then we can beat him. You know, it's just crazy. So, God, I, I'm trying <laughs> to go through the fist pumps here, guys. There's so many escaping through the floor with an axe. The boss fight, the two brothers, Mad Dog fighting with the with the thing in his neck Yo, and still so kicking their savage. ass oh my god I love that he gets stabbed and he keeps going and he's like so mad <laughs> uh, and, and the blood squirting out during it and then uh, when he actually takes his throat out though oh, just... oh god what I love my favorite thing about that is when he throws it yeah you hear it shatter it's like it's like yeah. so fragile and delicate the thing that like ended him it's so cool 
Um, when Rama's running away and the guy's machete. Fuck it, so we can't get. Yeah, you've seen this movie a lot of times, haven't you? I've seen this movie a lot, dude. I love <laughs> this movie. Um, oh, this this one is great. Is the knife through the wall in the cheek? Yeah, and how he pu- he pulls the blade off of it, or yeah. blood off of it when he pulls the blade out. That someone mentioned that. I love that. So my fist pump. It's so tough, but it's definitely it's definitely the first time that you see Mad Dog fight. Yeah, and he like. I love that he's okay. First of all, I thought that guy was the secondary lead. Yeah, I thought he was the Riggs to Murtaugh or the Murtaugh to okay, Riggs. Sure. I thought he was going to stay. Ali, I blink, I think is his name, and he, you know, the guy comes in with the gun and he, he's like, I always hated these things. Yeah, it's like takeout. It's, it's too fat. Yeah, it's like ordering takeout, and he takes the bullet. You know, he puts the gun down and he walks up to the dude. He's like, this. Yeah, this is what it's all about. But the dude's a foot taller than him, right? And he's got like sixty pounds on him. Yeah, but he just fucks him. But up. then he just destroys him. That dude. So that actor, we'll talk about in just a second, was like a, a legitimate, like a master. He was like a master yeah. of martial arts. He had like trained soldiers in the country, and like he just the director discovered him as like a, I think like a delivery man or something like that. Really? He was, yeah, he was like not working in the industry he wasn't like an actor he like discovered him as he was getting into this martial art and like cast him in he cast him in the la- i think the film that he did before this film yeah him and uh and rama i think are both in it yeah um but yeah he uh uh yeah he trained like presidential guards like the people that are like secret service yeah. he trained them in That's martial arts was, yeah so that fight is just so badass and i think my favorite part of it is like they're kind of like they're really close in combat and he like hits him in the leg and he like ducks underneath him and like fireman carries him over yeah. the top of him and you're just like that guy is unbeatably good it's also so cool that he refers to him as a mad dog early that's how he labels him and yeah. then he drags him like a dog he yeah. drags him like he's killed like, him all the way back yeah. to his master yeah like yeah, exactly. that's true yeah i thought that was cool oh god that guy's so badass i mean obviously the fight at the end between the two brothers is sick but that is my definite fist pump he's literally like what that dude who shows up at the end of lethal weapon should actually be <laughs> and then who's the what's the movie where like yeah Muranatu. what's the movie that I'm thinking of where there's like another there's another like Asian guy who comes out like yeah 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 oh it's uh it's uh Mortal Kombat it's Mortal Kombat <laughs> yeah right it totally is yeah he comes out of like the cop gear or whatever yeah. and like the two things and like somebody and I guess Liu Kang kicks his ass it's in like that ending sequence where watching Mortal Kombat as an adult by the way <laughs> was like so wonderful because you just realized like how completely random everything is right. there's like no rhyme or reason for why anybody is anyone all oh. of the villains just like look like like all these like warriors that are reincarnated and the people that show up you're like why are you in cop gear and have nunchucks where did you come from like <laughs> the movie is so stupid <laughs> and, and amazing amazing i love it all right so um, did you share your specific fist pump? Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's when he kills the guy. It's when, okay. it's when he flips him over specifically. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna get into the next part of the show, and that is uh, some some ass kickings. Andrew and I talked about uh, how some of the ass kickings in this movie were just savage, and like what were some of the most memorable ass kickings that we've ever seen ever in movies in film? And, and and this was inspired by my fist pump. Is yeah. when he kicks the ass of the dude that's way bigger than him so not necessarily fights but actual ass kicks we're gonna get to fights later not a fight this is Um, not a fight so the first one that popped in my head yeah is one of the hardest scenes for me to watch in a movie i don't know why it's just so sad it's shawshank yeah yeah it's the first night the crier the big fat bitch shut up shut up yeah you know like shut your goddamn mouth like when he realizes yeah the, the dude's coming and just like the sounds and the yelps and the whimpers and the club yeah and just like and he doesn't make it he dies he dies it's just so brutal 
Yeah, it's like one of the most brutal ass kickings in a movie. I'll never forget. It. And both of them, and when he does to what he does to Boggs later. Yeah, and I think so. Like, so you know that that guy's like no joke. So he kills the he kills the chubby fat ass as they call him. Yeah. Um, and then, but then the fact that like the guy drinks through a straw and never walks again is mm-hmm. like almost more iconic because that's such a that's such a fist pump of like yeah he got what he deserved and like when you see him get wheeled into the truck he's like yeah he's gone. Severe brain damage. I interviewed him recently. Oh, really? Um, yeah, at LA Comic Con this last year, um, and because he's in a bunch of, he's in that, and he's also in Aliens, which is one of his big roles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's one other like super relevant role that I can't remember right now, but uh, yeah, talking to him about Shawshank, I was just like, how does it feel to have played like basically the main hateable villain in one. what is widely regarded by many people to be the greatest film of all time yeah i was like that's the thing you're like iconic as being like the the piece of shit in the greatest yeah. movie ever what did he say and he was just like look man uh you know i never got the opportunity to play the good guy roles and right you know, i was typecast and i'll take it you know yeah <laughs> and i, was I like, mean Fuck he yeah you should he, take he it. absolutely shouldn't he that that character will live on forever so you got true romance here true yeah this is such a savage one anybody who hasn't seen true romance uh a couple reasons it's relevant you've never watched it i haven't true romance and i is... saw this i actually because a lot of times when we do these countdowns i pull up lists just yeah. to see this is on there like a lot all the lists true romance is awesome for a couple, couple reasons it's written by quentin tarantino mm-hmm. uh it's i think one of the few times that he ever wrote a script that he sold it's directed by tony scott right yeah yeah, yeah. but it's weird it doesn't feel like a tony scott movie for exactly the reason that it's written by tarantino right so it's like this kind of funny like it's this funny like Tarantino-ish script where it's very it's like very like referential of comic books and pop culture and it's got that snappy dialogue but it's got like Tony Scott isms but it's also 94 so it's like Tony Scott wasn't at that point in his career where he had a style he, yet. Yeah, yeah. It's the year before Crimson Tide though. Um, but James Gandolfini kicks the shit out of it's Patricia Arquette or Roseanne Arquette. It's Pat- oh, it's a woman? That's why it's so savage. Patricia Arquette first he's like so creepy it's like a seven minute scene or something like right. that and it starts out with her like he's like so creepy he's like smile at me or whatever and she smiles and she's like scared and then he just pops her in the mouth is she like a prostitute no I don't think so I should watch the movie yeah <laughs> uh, he beats the shit out of her and That's she mean. and she's like on the ground struggling and she like picks up like a corkscrew and she he's like and she like lunges at him and then she goes down through his foot Oh, um, it's savage. She's she literally is like covered in blood. Yeah. He like takes it out on her. It's one of the only movie scenes I've ever watched where they actually let a woman on screen for that long just take a beating, beaten, and she she gets her revenge. But it's unique because it's like whoa, right? Um, so Holy yeah, shit. I had no idea. I yeah. didn't even look at the thing because I had no reference to. I hadn't seen it, so I didn't even read it. But the, like the cast list in True Romance is insane, by the way. Yeah, it's like Gary Oldman, Val Kilmer, Gandolfini, Christopher Walken, Dennis Hopper, Christian Slater. Uh, there's like several others. I know I that I'm missing out. Yeah, on that movie. Yeah, I know I need to watch it. I think it's Jill Crowner's favorite movie. Really? I think so. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so another one that I have in here uh, is, yeah, is is Fight Club. I just wanted to destroy Jared Leto ass kicking. Oh my god! I mean, I don't even really need to talk about. it. I watched it again the other day for the first time in, in a long the whole time. Movie? Yeah, and uh, God, his face is so bad. It's like purple but it's and the yellow and green. Scene. Yeah, it's the yeah. next scene. He's like, it's under control, sir. And you see him for the first, and it's just destroyed. Yeah. He's hideous now. Yeah, and it's just that. Yeah, I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. It's such a great line. You and I were having this conversation the other day on just on that tangent for a second. David Fincher versus Christopher Nolan. So I've now been having yeah. this conversation for about ten days. Have okay. you had it on Anchor? 
Yep. Bunch it's of interesting for interesting like three days worth of content. Like uh-huh. and some, a lot of people probably listening to this or watching in the live chat have actually interacted with me there about it because people have shared their opinions. Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty interesting, man. You can't find two directors that are more evenly matched than those two guys. And what it really comes down to is this. The question that you ask yourself is the best movie from both directors is Fight Club versus Dark Knight. I think yeah. in most people's opinions. That's like the masterpiece movie. Mm-hmm. The answer to the question is like it. How influential is Memento? Because that's that's what it all hinges on. Mm-hmm. If Memento is considered by people to be like an all time great movie, then Nolan gets to be on the same level or higher. If Memento is throwaway to people, which to some people it is, yeah. um, then then Fincher has the edge. Yeah, because Fincher has made incredible films. Like the other day when you're like. Because you're definitely better with directors than I am. Sure. And the other day when you're like, you, I bet you've seen all of Fincher's movies. And I was like, I don't know. And then you meant, I, I've only, I think I've only missed two of them. Um, For those listening, we'll just listen to the ten real quick. It's Alien 3. It's Seven. It's The Game. It's Fight Club. It's Panic Room. It's Zodiac. Jobs or Steve Jobs. Uh, first is Benjamin Button's the next one. Uh-huh. Then 2010 is Social Network. 2011 is... Um, Dragon Tattoo in oh, 2014 yeah. is Gone Girl. Steve Jobs, Danny Boyle. Oh, right, right. Um, so that's the 10. And I think probably the only ones in it that most people, I would guess, haven't seen are maybe Alien 3, mm-hmm. maybe The Game, and possibly like Panic Room or Zodiac if you just happen to miss one. <laughs> yeah, and those are both those are both pretty lackluster films. But the movies that aren't, you know, Gone Girl, you, you love. Gone Girl's so good. Seven is one of the most classic cult crime dramas ever Fight Club Fight Club is all time movie yeah Benjamin Button was nominated for like 19 Oscars yeah that movie was massive when it came out yeah Social Network's a modern classic again yeah yeah and it's it's tough because Nolan makes these movies that have more of an impact on us it feels like yeah but these are movies that are like gonna be remembered longer Nolan makes I mean look Nolan's the scope of his movies are bigger and look he gets he gets the significant advantage of having worked with three Batman movies exactly people are gonna watch your movies if you make Batman movies especially with where movies are at right now yep Uh, which leads me to my next ass kicking which is Bane kicking the (laughs) shit out of Mr. Wayne such a sweet such a sweet ass kicking oh it's so good we've talked about this one a lot yeah, for years we've talked about this. It's it's the only, I mean, it's it's one of those, you know, you, the hero gets his ass kicked and he's got to come back and right. train and try harder, but it's just so good. This The, the dialogue yeah. of Bane throughout is just, he's just mocking him the whole you time. You think the darkness is your ally. <laughs> I was born in the darkness. Yeah. You merely adopted the darkness. I was born in, molded by it. By the time I saw the light, it was blinding. It was blinding, yeah. I was wondering what would break first, your spirit or your body. I love it when he... I love it. It's like that one... He, like, kicks him in the chest or something, and uh, and Bale's like... Ah! He, yeah. like, screams, and you're like, I think he just broke his ribs or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And then he, like, throws the thing, and yeah. he's like... They're, like, so lame. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a hot, a hot rod explosion with those little yeah. things. That scene is, like... That movie is two-thirds awesome yeah. and one-third just forgettable. Yeah. And the good parts are so good. Everything with Bane is phenomenal. Yeah, he's such a good villain. I love Hardy. Yeah. Uh, all right, so those are some of our favorite ass kickings. We also have Drive and the American History X curb stomp on there. Those are both pretty gnarly. Insane. Yeah, the Drive one in the in the elevator, elevator. is just awesome. Those are both stomping ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's gnarly. The curb stomp is like a different kind of ass kicking. It's a hate crime. Yeah. It's like really uncomfortable and super super terrifying. Um, you don't actually see the guy's face, right? Uh no, you they don't just, actually see what happens to they just it. Cut away from Fincher's it. Fincher's best is Social Network. Zodiac is so underrated. A lot of people think Zodiac is highly underrated. We yeah. should watch that again. Zodiac. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw it in theaters. It was. I just thought it was like slow. It never climaxes. That's the problem. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, all right, so getting into star profiles and production development, guys, there's not a lot out about this movie. So um, what I did was <laughs> Iko Uwes <laughs> and Yeyan Ruihans, which is... Ra- the fuck did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> which is Rama and Mad Dog, respectively. Um, what I did is instead of talking about movies that they had done, because <clears throat> Rama had only been in the other Gareth movie, and... Uh, Yayan or Yanayan, however you say his name, Mad Dog had only been in an, another couple movies. But what I wanted to talk about are movies that they're going to do, what this had led to. So after this came out, um, the guy who played Rama, I'm just going to do that, save everyone. Uh, Man of Tai Chi in 2013, The Raid 2 in 2014, and then The Force Awakens. So like. Man of Tai Chi, not to be forgotten, uh, starring none other than Mr. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> do you know that? Yeah. Man of Tai Chi? That movie is not, not good. Eddie from work would always be like, you need to watch this movie, Man of Tai Chi? It's like a great I, movie. Like I feel like that's not true. I I'm feel like, like that's I, impossible. I'm like most of the movies that you tell me about. I look up the IMDb score is like three point nine. Trust me, he's are good. you drunk right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy playing Mad Dog, which I think is hilarious. He's in the Raid Two. Yeah, he's in the Raid Two is a completely different character because he's dead in the first. Yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> and they bring him back and he dies again. But he's just they just had to put him in because he's yeah, right. so awesome. How do you not do it? Uh, and then Star Wars: Force Awakens as well. And then he's in a new movie called Beyond Skyline, which how are they released in 2017. How are they both in Force Awakens? They, I think they must be that one of the crews. In the beginning, they both have character names. I, yeah. looked, I looked it up. Well, no, I, that's what I mean. I, I think they're the salvagers in the beginning when they come to the ship and Harrison Ford and Chewie and they all oh, money. Sure. I think he's one of those factions. That I, makes sense. I think it's. Well, you yeah. think they both are part of the same crew? I think so. I remember seeing. I remember seeing the guy that played Mad Dog for sure. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay, so uh, that's really all there is about their star profiles getting into production development. Yeah, so Penchak Silat is the indigenous fighting style of Indonesia, which is a fighting style discovered. We'll just kind of roll through all this. Gareth Evans is a Welsh writer and director who basically is best known for popularizing Penchak Silat. And he did it originally in his film Marantau, which is the film before this, uh, which also had both actors. As you said, he wanted... So his first goal was to make a movie that was much more stripped down and much more Mm action-based. Because he said in his first film, it takes 45 minutes to get... More action-based. Yeah. Well, no, no. Then Maritime. Oh, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Gotcha. Because the first film, he focuses on the character building, and it takes 45 minutes to get to the action. Okay. So he was like, I want to make a movie that's straight action. So he had a larger budget in mind to make this prison film, this prison fighting film, which he couldn't get the money to make, which is why he made it in one building. It's kind of a horror survival film, as he called it, which is then the sequel, The Raid 2, is in a prison, and that's where he got the budget to make it. But pretty much, he is... Widely, widely respected and regarded for his choreography and the fact that he put this on the screen and envisioned this. But like we said, it's... I mean, everything about this movie is so bizarre. Like, Arya, Sa- Arya Sagantoro has literally produced three movies. And the he's Raid, the, the Raid, too, and, and Marito. Yeah, he's the sole producer of this movie, and it seems like... It, these guys are just about to blow up. It's just waiting to happen. It's going to happen, especially for Gareth Evans. If if anyone in the whole entire realm of this movie is going to succeed, it's going to be that guy. How many more years do you think have to pass before his uh, his window closes? I feel like it's right on the edge of closing. Oh, I think it's on the edge of closing. I think he needs to do something now. Yeah, I mean, this movie Apostle, which we've said Dan Stevens just played the Beast, like, yeah. and he's in Legion. He's a huge actor right now. He's like Dan Stevens. So is Charlie right Hunnam, now. man. True, but Charlie. <laughs> I mean, Hunnam, I know he's a couple years. Yeah, past his prime, but still Jude Law and Charlie Hunnam. It's like Jude Law's back on his rise because of the new Pope. And I don't think if you. But here's the thing: I don't think that if you put Gareth Evans directing King Arthur, that movie's a hit. So uh, I agree. Yeah, I think I think what what uh, Dan Stevens is a good place to be for right now for mm-hmm. you. I mean, Legion is that show's getting a lot of rave reviews. And here, our buddy Jason, who was on the show for Predator, loves that. He thinks it's the best show on TV. Yeah, 
He also loves Native Americans. <laughs> he does. Uh, and the other thing about the production development is Rama, the name of the character, was actually derived from the woman who was the first to teach Pensac Salat uh, formally gotcha. as, as a martial arts. So that was that was based off of... Uh, that's what his name was based off of. So moving into uh, critical reception and box office, this is super interesting because we've never had a movie that was like this. Um, it was released by a major studio, Sony Classics, for a budget of $1.1 million. Definitely the lowest on our show. It's got to be. Unless like one of those old movies from the 80s or 90s was like a hundred, few several hundred thousand. We didn't ever do Mad Max 1, so that yeah. would have had a lower budget. We... Terminator One had more more money. Um, yeah, I, I think I mean that's that's nothing. Just over a million dollars. Trying to think what the <laughs> yeah yeah Gareth <laughs> Gareth Evans and Gareth Edwards are two very different people. Very different. People. Sorry, I, I, but don't worry. When, when I first saw the names in my mind, I was like, wait a minute. But then yeah, so uh, cost a million. Point one million dollars $1. $1 million to make. It was released March 23rd in 2012, which is why there's that, you always see that, the Raid 2012, Raid 2011, confusion there. Um, it grossed $4.1 million domestically, and it wasn't released worldwide, which I don't really understand. Like, domestically, I know that's the States, but then I, it's, it had to have been released in Indonesia. So the opening weekend, I yeah, yeah, so I think what had actually happened was that it made less than a million dollars in Indonesia. Okay. Um, it opened in, like, some limited number of theaters I was reading, but then when Sony bought it and released it in the States, it made $4.1 million here. Which is still, you know, three times your budget. Right. Almost four times your budget, which is great. A hundred percent. And yeah. I think it's one of those things where if, the, if, like, the raid was released again today in theaters, it would make at least that much money. Oh, yeah, just from people wanting to go see it again. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. Which is, like, sort of surprising that they don't do that stuff like that more often. Yeah, you wonder how much it costs to get to it in do theaters, that. Yeah. to make the prints and send them everywhere. Uh, so critically, it's a 7.6. I think that's that's pretty fair. It almost seems like a little low, but I get it. There's not like a big story going on here. And then um, for Rotten Tomatoes, all top and audience critics respectively gave it an 85, 85, and 87. Yeah. Seems, it all seems right. Like uh, The one thing about martial arts movies, and maybe that's why they've kind of fallen the wayside, in the 80s and 90s, as an audience, we weren't we weren't as intelligent. And yeah. I don't I don't mean that like we were dumb. Yeah. It was just we didn't care as much. You know, it was like we wanted more fun. So maybe the problem with martial arts movies now and why they're not as successful is because we want warrior yeah. in a martial arts movie. Yeah, we want intelligence. But martial arts movies don't really have all that. Yeah. It's really just about the martial arts. Yeah, they're not intended to. Um exactly. And then and there and you see this and it's perfect. John Wick is perfect, but even in John Wick, yeah. there's just a little bit more. There's more character. Yeah, yeah. and development. So who knows, man? Who knows if uh, if martial arts will ever make a big comeback in the States? You'd have to have... I mean, you'd have to have some... Like, some star bigger than the stars that we've seen. Bigger than Tony Jaa. You'd have bigger to have, like, a Donnie Bruce Lee, too. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, it's, it's the, kind of the same conversation people always talk about. Why is American soccer not bigger? And the, right. and the answer is always, you would have to have somebody choose to not play football or baseball and choose to use their crazy physical gift to play soccer in right. America. That's the And if they did that, you could bring the audience. And the biggest thing that ever happened was someone from over the pond came to America when we got Beckham. That yeah. was like the time that Americans cared about soccer and it wasn't even because and of he was soccer. Like, and he was like past his prime. Yeah, it was because the, the hottest man in the world is coming to America yeah, to play he, soccer. He like wasn't even, he wasn't like a prime player yeah, anymore. He, anymore. He was like back end. If, if Ronaldo came to America, yeah. that would be something. Yeah. That would be something crazy. Cristiano. He's, He's so, so hot. <laughs> Were you gonna, Why do we have to do that? What did you say, Marissa? He is hot. I have a poster of him. Do you really? Marissa. Do you have a poster of Cristiano Ronaldo in your room above I, your bed? 
Not above my bed, but in my room. <laughs> it's on the wall. Uh, all right, so getting into, should we do the line or should we do fights? Uh, let's do line because it's quick. There's like yeah. there's only three lines in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there really are. There's like that one we both remarked and wrote down right at the beginning, which is uh, I, I have him here. Let me. I'll just yeah, right. Like, just we all have the through. same. Yeah. There's. I mean, there's the one line, a tower of fists, and well, that's the one from the beginning. Yeah. It's, they're talking about Mad Dog saying that he is a a maniac of fists that would tear down walls for Tama. Yeah. A maniac of fist and fury. Um, that's a sweet line. There's the other line that we talked about when he's like. Uh, guns are like takeout. Yeah. I prefer this is what it's all about. He puts yeah. his hands up. My favorite line, and this is actually like, this was from when you were like, oh, this is a movie. Yeah. Uh, it was with the brothers, and, he, and it's when his brother, the bad brother, says, just because you see what I'm doing is wrong doesn't mean I can't be good at it. Yeah, it's a good line. That's too. a great line. I love that line because, yeah, yeah just because just he's a criminal doesn't mean he's not a good criminal. It's um, so interesting to think about writing a script for this. Like, did we even talk about, oh, yeah, 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 Gareth, Gareth. <laughs> Gareth Edwards wrote it. No, just Gareth Evans. Um, it's so interesting if you think about writing this. Like, where do you... If you want to make this all action, like, mm-hmm. the point is to make it all action, you're writing the script and you're thinking, okay, like, where's my where's my moment of reprieve? Where do I put the scene in? And the only scene is that one scene between the brothers, pretty much. Yeah, and then there's the one at the end with the, the two bad old guys, essentially. The corrupt cop and the and the bad guy when he he's, yeah. he's just kind of ripping him apart and he, he makes him realize how stupid he is. Yeah. And then he... And, and kills, he kills him. him. Which I also love that you're like, don't go to the chin. Yeah, yeah. What, I think that's what everyone's <laughs> thinking. It's like, dude, if yeah. that gun goes off, you're blowing off your face and you're living. Yeah. Yeah. Not not smart. It's kind of a sweet, like, subtle, like, you wonder if it's intentional. Like, this guy's an idiot. Kind yeah, of thing. I, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love movies. Guys! <laughs> love movies. Hey, uh, by the way, I finally wrapped my film, Bloody Eyes. Oh, yeah. On Sunday. Honestly, the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. It was not a student film. It was a real movie. I thought it was a student film. Um, but we have a Facebook page if you guys want to go find it. Uh, it's just Bloody Eyes. Um, it'll, Bloody Eyes 2017. It'll be a movie. There's tons of behind-the-scenes pictures on there. We have an IMDb page. It's I have a cool. GoFundMe because I can't pay my rent. I, I really <laughs> I need some money. Uh, it should be edited within the next five, six months then be released. So I'll let Sick. you guys know, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that some more. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the show for sure. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much... Pretty much just lines. Let's get into uh, some of our favorite movie fights of all time. Yeah, so this is very different than the first thing. These are actual fights that go back and forth. These aren't just ass kickings. Yeah, I'll jump in right away with a recent one that I love. Gary Busey at the end of <laughs> Lethal Weapon. The fight uh, in the hallway in the beginning of John Wick. The very first time you see John Wick go ham. Because oh, yeah. he's like... He's like he's like fighting with his fists, but he's also holding guns. Yeah, it's the gun foo for yeah. the first time. It's like so cool. It's so perfectly choreographed, and it's like just... That's. I think it's probably honestly still my favorite scene in either John Wick movie. I do. I think so too. It's so awesome, and, yeah. and it's also it happens so quickly that you are like, oh my god, I'm in. Yeah. Oh my god, you won me over, John Wick. Yep. I wasn't sure if this was gonna be sweet or not, but it is so sweet. You're also like, that's clearly Keanu Reeves. Like, that's not a double. You're like, yeah. he's doing all of this, and yeah. you're just like, this is so cool. Which I think also is, I think you have to do that now. I yeah. think with the crews and the, and the Reeves out there showing how much time they put into training and even, you know, uh, other actors are just like Jake Gyllenhaal prepping five months for Southpaw. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it now. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, God. There's so many. How about, dude, Eastern Promises. Full frontal? The full frontal fight yeah. in the bathroom. Like, that is a full-on fight between the two guys with the knife and the eye and the... Oh, my God. If you I guys, haven't seen that movie in a while. Dude, that movie has... Two of the gnarliest throat slits ever, and then that is the craziest fight scene. Yeah, <laughs> full frontal fight scene ever. Is there a single fight in Mortal Kombat that's even remotely sweet? Like, my favorite's the reptile fight. 
Always will be. Because he's just, like, punching him repeatedly? Yeah, just, like, <laughs> I just always loved Reptile, yeah. and it's, like, he's got that cool move. I think the answer to your question is no. No. <laughs> Kano fighting Sonya? I love love. I love love. God. Uh, all right, what else you got? <laughs> um, what you you had you uh, rattled off like a handful. I mean, okay, actually, I'll throw I'll throw Warrior because I love Warrior and oh, the fights in Warrior. Fights. But the question is, which is the best? Fight? Which is your favorite? Okay, well, the ass kicking against Matt Mad Dog. He kicks the shit out of Matt. Oh, that's one of the best ass kickings. That's, ever. I don't know how he didn't mention that. That's one of my. I I remember watching that in theaters, and I leaned over my butt. I go, when, as soon as this movie comes out, I'm buying it. I'm watching that scene ten times. Yeah, that scene's so sweet, it's so good. Ice, ice, yeah. so so cool. What's wrong? What's wrong? Right, leave making Polly at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that scene's amazing. Um, I think probably my favorite fight in Warrior though is the Koba fight. It's got to be so good. It's got to be. Why are we here? Yeah, why are we here, Brendan? Um, speaking of which, Frank Grillo is a huge fan of this movie. Huge. And, of the raid. Uh, yeah, and the American remake that's been on the table for like. I don't know, a few years now. Uh, there's been a bunch of people that have come in and out of the lead roles. He's in a he's in a, a Gareth Evans movie or something like or he's in a movie with uh, with one of these guys. Someone had mentioned it earlier in chat and I'd seen it. Grillo? Yeah, on uh, online. I don't know where it is, but if you guys are still watching and you guys mentioned that thing about Grillo, just uh, throw that in there real quick. Yeah, Grillo loves this movie. He was originally cast to star in the remake. Um, other people that have become in and out of yeah. Taylor Kitsch was was supposed you to star your boy Taylor Kitsch. at one point, and then because of the brothers' angle, um, Chris and Liam Hemsworth were cast to star as the God. brothers in the remake. But all of them have dropped out, so now Joe Carnahan's attached to direct. Um, I would I would hate the Hemsworths to be in this. You movie. hate the Hemsworths? Just I generally. really do yeah. dislike them, <laughs> but I don't not I don't really dislike them as actors. You're gonna be like I Turtle and Entourage like when he hates Tom Brady until he meets Tom Brady <laughs> yeah, and then like, he loves oh him. God. You're gonna like meet Dude, one the of the Hemsworths. Hemsworths? They're, awesome. They're, they're the coolest. He's so handsome. Well, I've met Liam. <laughs> Have you? He's come in the library. Oh, okay. I've yeah, he's a nice anymore. guy, but yeah. it, I still hate him. <laughs> I, st- I said I hated you. Uh, all right, so let's see. Kingsman is a great fight. It's oh, more of an ass kicking yeah. in the church, but that's sweet. That's such a sweet scene. Um, how about? Dude, how about Drago and Rocky? It's classic. How about Creed and Rocky? Yeah, you know, like classics. Yeah, those are great. Um, Kill Bill, Go Go, and or even Veronica yep. or Vernita Green in the beginning. The Matrix. Yeah. Oh, The Matrix has got to be one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Oh, some of the Born fights, dude. The Bo- Yeah, with the pen. With the pens. And, Both yeah. of them. There's the the one with the pen. The one with the rolled up newspaper. Yeah. Which Both is, of those are sick. What is that? Supremacy and Ultimatum. Uh, or Identity. And Identity ultimatum. and Supremacy. Okay. Ultimatum yeah, yeah. doesn't have a hand. Doesn't have a hand, hand which you really need. Yeah. Uh, and then another one, just throw in, just because I love it, is Gladiator. Even yeah. though it's not really. Actually, yeah, we can. I mean, any of the fights in there. I think. I think uh, they're all good. I love them all. Some sweet. There's the the Patriot at the beginning. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Crazy Mel. Uh, Yeah. So if you guys have any of your favorite fights or even favorite ass kickings that we didn't mention, you can throw them in the chat or you can throw them at AMA Podcast on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, Here's a fun one for you guys. So we don't really do this very often anymore, and there's no lines to quote. But Cage versus Cruz. So let's just say for a second. So Cage would never be able to pull this movie off because he couldn't. Cage has never done that kind of physical like. No, it's just not him. Cruz, on the other hand, we've seen do crazy physical shit before. Jack Reacher. He takes on like he takes on like the role physically. Yeah. Now, fifty-four-year-old Cruz, I don't think could pull this movie off correctly. But I he wonder. Could be the Mad Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they had made the American movie this the American version of this movie in like two thousand two, if like. 38 year old Cruz would be able to like learn the moves and effectively do this yeah 
Absolutely. Like, totally convincingly. Look, he can hold his breath for for six minutes. He'd probably be able to film the scene holding his breath. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you don't need to do that. It's going to help. <gasps> no, I, I think so. I think I think if one thing that we've learned about Tom Cruise doing this show is that man will do anything for film. Do you know what I realized the other day and made me so sad? So... First of all, I read an article talking about The Mummy and how it's going to flop, which I don't <sighs> think is going to happen. I hope it doesn't. I really don't think The Mummy's going to flop. But what I did realize was the morons behind this decided to release it the same day as Wonder Woman, which is like, you look at the whole rest of the summer, and it's like one big budget action movie coming out a weekend. That's the whole entire summer. There's like one week the entire summer that there's two. But mostly it's like a comedy They're comes really out. They're really releasing it the same week as Wonder Woman? It's June 2nd. I, like, I realized that today, I was like, are you guys the dumbest fucking people alive even if you have immense success with the mummy even if that movie is remarkably successful based on expectation you're still splitting it because people are gonna see wonder woman yeah and it's not it's not the (laughs) you're not crossing genres it's the same audience same audience they're just big blockbusters maybe are they thinking more women will see wonder woman that's what the idea is that more guys will see like maybe they're just banking on america's total sexism that like women will see Wonder Woman and men will see The Mummy but I don't think it's going to happen I think The Mummy is going to stumble a lot more than they realize because of the same weekend yeah everyone's going to see Wonder Woman made me really sad when I realized that yeah I think I actually think The Mummy looks sweet so do I I think it looks totally awesome I think the last trailer looked and I was not on board the last trailer looked sick yeah Yeah. it looks great and it's also a lose-lose in my opinion because let's pretend the flip side happens and The Mummy is super successful and Wonder Woman's not it sucks because it, that movie will get blamed for putting a woman in the starring role, and it's just going to be more and more Hollywood sexism, which is already what yeah, we deal with. Which is like, it's like people talking shit to Gal Gadot about her white armpits and like her accent, and like get get a fucking life. Yeah, like seriously, seriously man. Like this is the biggest role that that woman's ever going to get in her whole career. Yeah. Yeah. That is massive. This is life changing and massive. And it's a superhero movie about a woman. Yeah. Thank God. Finally. And it you looks, know what I, and it it looks, looks awesome. awesome. Yeah, directed by a woman. Yeah. So if it does flop, it'll be a total bummer. And if it doesn't flop, it's a, it's a bummer for Tom Cruise and the mummy that Yeah, I just can't believe it's the same weekend. I just I look at what's coming out this summer and I'm just like There's other slots. You guys couldn't have picked like some other date. You release this at the end of the summer then pick it yeah. in August I don't know just like I couldn't believe that I just couldn't believe it I was shocked yeah it's a bummer man there's, I mean in that I mean obviously we're biased because there's there's not very many movies we're looking forward to this summer totally but that's those are two of them I mean literally the two weeks before Guardians of the Galaxy came out you had back to back weeks of nothing like back to back weeks of absolute nothing like the top movies being released being like The Circle and like The Promise did King Arthur get released the week after uh, or the same week? The week after Guardians. <laughs> yeah. 15 oh, million. So Biggest brutal. flop of the summer. So brutal. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on to the uh, the three categories that this movie fits into. We've got Totally Ridiculous, which is Fall Off, Cliff of Absurdity. That's like Face Off, Demolition Man. Uh, we've got Totally Legitimate, which are movies that are, I mean, they could almost just be dramas. Those are movies like The Fugitive, Gladiator, Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, great performances, great script, great storytelling. There's also the middle category, which is kind of our favorite category that's what a lot of movies on the show fall in that's ridiculously legitimate that's where uh, you know it's kind of crazy you kind of laugh right. unintentionally a couple times but it's really held together by a strong performance like in The Rock or in uh, what T2 did we decide T2 I think T2 is no, Predator Predator, was Predator yeah. Point Break yeah um, what do you think man it's actually a weird one because so like it's totally intentional it's exactly the movie that it's trying to be mm-hmm. so I think it's totally legitimate but it's also like the movie doesn't do anything other than fight, right. so it's hard for me to look at it and like put this in a list 
with The Departed and like and truly great That's movies. It's a yeah. really difficult comparison. I think I would lean barely into the category of totally legitimate, but I also all you're doing if you do that when somebody asks why it's there is you're just like because the action's awesome, which is like. Oh, it says the mummy's the week after. That's really? what they're saying. Yeah. I just I was pretty sure the billboards for the mummy are June second, and, and I says, saw yeah June 9th. Well, huh? Someone's wrong, and if, hopefully it's us because that way it'll do better. It it was totally surprising. Yeah. I so maybe maybe I'm dead wrong. I just like have been driving past that billboard on Highland getting off the 101 for the mummy for like the last three weeks. Right. And Wonder Woman's been everywhere, and I could have sworn it was the same date. If it's the different dates, guys, then so happy you called me out, yeah. because that would make me so much happier. Yeah, that would be much better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You- um, I think I have to go totally legitimate. Yeah. There's only one part in this movie that you kind of, you're like, huh? And that's when he jumps out the window. Yeah. With the dude. And he falls down, like, four stories and yeah. falls on the thing, and then he gets shot at. Yeah. Um, that's the only part where I'm kind of like, eh. But there's nothing else. I don't ever laugh unintentionally. There's not ever moments where I'm like, I don't believe that. That's the thing about sweet martial arts movies. Is you, you watch them and you're like, I can do that. Are you able to, in any, in, is there any reality where you could fall four stories and land on someone else and not break a bunch of bones? No. no right? There's no way. Four stories is a lot. Four stories is a long way. Even one story. Even, yeah. Even 10, like 12 two feet. Two stories is, is a lot. Four stories is like, you're like dead. That's fucked. Yeah. yeah, you're broken. Yeah. And, like, falling on a person isn't going to help you. People aren't soft. Yeah. They're full of bones. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, guys. So that leaves us with one last thing. And that's called... The Pitch! So, yeah, guys. We already pitched it. We're doing Heat next week. It's super exciting. It's the 100th episode. We've done this show for now just shy of two years. Actually, because of the weeks we've missed, we've actually done the show for two years. Yeah. And as we, as we approach 11 million views on YouTube... And however many of you listen on iTunes... Which we still can't find the numbers for, and we never will. <laughs> um, there's just it, We're so appreciative and so thankful, and we're gonna, you're, you're going to hear it a lot next week. Um, we're so excited. So again, guys, just a quick reminder, we're going to be watching Warrior for a live watch-along next Monday we at either 1 you or to, 3 o'clock. Yep, and we encourage you to drink with us. Yep, and that'll be, uh, that'll be on Monday. On Tuesday, it's going to be the 10 Rules of MMA. Wednesday is going to be Heat. Thursday is going to be Top 100, numbers 100 through 51, and the first... Uh, six of our end of the year awards yes and then on friday the final is going to be uh, movies 50 through number one and obviously the big five awards uh which we're gonna be counting down and doing a whole thing so tune in for all that stuff guys it'll all be on youtube follow us on twitter at ben bateman media uh you guys can find me at andrew guy on instagram and uh twitter and if you find us at ama podcast you'll get all of the updates find the facebook fan page yes it's awesome yeah we've been interacting there and then of course i'll just plug it really quickly i have this thing it's an app you can download called anchor.fm it's like twitter meets radio it's mm-hmm. really really fun i post little two to three minute blurbs i've been counting down my 50 favorite movies of all time every single Tuesday I post content every single day it's called Fist Pump Film Club and you guys can call in I can share your segments it's really fun download it uh, anchor.fm and check out my station Fist Pump Film Club if you want to hear me talk about movies every single day yeah I'm a huge fan of that I think it's really cool yeah. I really and I enjoy being on those um, I actually am going to plug a couple things then as well I Please have do. to plug so obviously Bloody Eyes the movie plug that like our Facebook page um, I've got Unproduced Table Reads I'm back that's the show that we do here in studio on Friday mornings and it's uh, Unproduced Scripts we get table reads with actors and the writer and studio we do q a's uh super awesome and then uh, i'm actually on that with roxy stryer as well but another thing that i'm doing with roxy stryer and jeff graham and other people here is a thing called scene scramblers 
scene scrambler. It's a new thing. We are the scene scramblers. We take scenes and scramble them. And what that is, is we take basically an iconic quote, speech, scene from a movie, and we transition it, or I guess we, I don't even know the right word to use. We basically use it and it, yeah, there you go, contextualize it into a different thing. So our first one was the speech from Taken meets Mother's Day which was actually pretty cool, pretty funny. funny. And yeah. Roxy's in there as the babysitter. So uh, guys, check it out. That's Scene Scramblers, Unproduced Table Reads, Anchor, Bloody Eyes. Yeah. We're busy, man. Scene Scramblers. It's like mathletes. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys same time, same place next week. But be sure to check in Monday for the Warrior Watch Along. Yes. It's one of our favorite movies ever. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Marissa. We'll see you guys next week. Good to be back. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.